With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into The Run Home on ECNZ with Kirsten Beevil. Thanks to MG Motor NZ. Performance retold with MG4 Electric. So Beaver is really uh, living up to the Parisian lifestyle over here. He's had baguettes. He's going to a show tonight. Yeah, I'll need to find out more detail about that. It's about a 10.30 kickoff, so we're going to have to have a really late dinner and maybe just start our day a little bit later, Kirst. Uh, we don't want to get uh, get carried away too early if we go well, to the show. Well, bummer for those that have been up since 4 a.m. I know. She's a long old slog, isn't it? Um, but, hey, we'll get there. We'll somehow get there. I can hear a bit of laughter in the background. I think we might be crossing the ditch early today. Are the boys there? Yeah, I, I think we're doing more than cross the ditch. Are you guys both in France? It's hard to keep up with you guys on the, on the big SENZ budget. <laughs> Correct. Joel, I'm uh, currently, this is the longest I'm currently delay sitting in a toilet. Uh, hey, what? What's happening, B? I'm currently broadcasting from, from my toilet slash studio of my Airbnb, so it's glamorous times here. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kirst? Yes, in, in Paris, uh, we've all been on a, a hunt, a bear hunt or a treasure hunt, if you will, because Beaver arrived in France late last week, just in time for the blockbuster quarterfinals, lost his phone within 24 hours, oh. and he hasn't bought a new one because he still thinks it'll turn up six days later. Any tips? <laughs> Have you guys ever lost a phone before and then, and then mm. found it on the other side of the world? No, I've stolen a few. Never, never lost any. <laughs> <laughs> My young bloke lost well, his phone. Well, you've got about... a few spears lying around. <laughs> yeah. I know I need a spear. My young bloke lost his about three weeks ago, and he's he's almost fourteen, mm. and he couldn't give a rat's that he doesn't got hasn't got one, which yeah. is quite rare, isn't it, for, for kids these days? I'm actually yeah. quite enjoying the fact that no he phone. doesn't need the phone. Yeah, mm. tell us the highlights away from the rugby, which we'll get to in a moment. But what's been the absolute highlights of your trip away from the matches themselves? Oh, what a, well, it's probably it's probably the lifestyle that they live over here. To be fair, mate, it's uh, she's a very it's a very laid back way of. I know it's busy Paris and it's a big monster, but geez, it's still a great great way they live over here, and they very chilled out and sit on the side of a street having a beer and a croissant. It's uh, it's not a bad way they go about things. Kirst. <laughs> Very relaxed way of life. There's just like 10 million of them uh, that are doing it all the time. We took a wee trip during the World Cup down to Mallorca in Spain. Absolutely oh, yeah. delightful place. Highlight, uh, that's the off-field highlight for me so far. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, speaking about 10 million, you didn't win the 10 million in the uh, the Everest, did you? It was a New Zealander who won it. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable, picking the order of 12 horses in a race like that? It's nearly as unbelievable as you, Kirst, being in, in France and saying that your highlight of France is Spain. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I went to a Ryder Cup in Rome. That was also a highlight of this trip to France too. <laughs> no, Beeve, that was your previous trip to France that you went to Rome. <laughs> you know what we need for this chat? We, we need a fourth person in another room. Yeah. <laughs> in another country. In another country. In another country. Uh, uh, that's exactly right. Okay, let's oh, talk about this big doing? match. Yeah, we're going good. We're going good. We're looking forward to the 28th when we beat you in both rugby league and cricket on the same day. So that's going to happen on the 28th of October. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, you've got to take on the Argentina side, led by an Australian coach, being Michael Checker. Is there any danger in this game? So if you played this fixture 100 times, how many times could you get it wrong? Oh, 90. No, you'd get it wrong four times. I think you, times. you'd win 96 of them. Um, but... I can't see any danger. Argentina have done brilliantly to get where they have, to be fair. They were pretty rubbish early, and then they've just slowly got better and better as the World Cup's gone on. And they were too good, far too good for Wales, but, geez, it would take an absolute fall off a mountain considering where they were both last week and the quality that they've dished up to see anything other than All Blacks getting home. Is that Cricket World Cup round robin, boys? Is that how we're actually playing this? Because I thought that... You guys would be gone by then. <laughs> yeah, we're playing in the group stages. And then we'll bow out oh, after okay, that, I would have gotcha. thought. Yeah, yeah, we're just preparing for the next one. Um, anyway, uh, hey, uh, Beave, just on the uh, on on the All Blacks, and, and this is clearly yeah. it's a big big game, but left in the competition so far are the All Blacks, Argentina, South Africa and England. Three of those teams are from the Southern Hemisphere. Is there anything at all to that, or is it just a little bit of coincidence? Oh, I mean, the it was going to be made a big deal of if it had gone the other way. All the press up here loved the concept that the North was now the superpower of rugby. Mm. I, I think it says a lot about the teams. The individual teams are all very good and all very much on the same level when it comes to Test Match Rugby, but it says a lot about these teams up here when it comes to the knockout, the, the World Cups. Ireland, best team in the world for so many yep. years, never make it past the quarterfinal ever. Um, and then you've got the French who have never won the World Cup and with all their resources and all their quality of playing, should have won one. So it's, I think it does say a fair bit about the, the South's ability to play knockout football um, and the, I guess the mental side of the game because at the end of the day, these two quarterfinals were supposed to go the other way. Curse, we've had nine World Cups to this point. Eight of those World Cups have been won by a Southern Hemisphere team. Yeah, and chances that it's going to happen again uh, are very, very high. It's already looking like a New Zealand-South uh, Africa final. And I'm, I'm on the record saying that yesterday. People think that we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it very much looks likely. We talked about this yesterday. Why is Southern Hemisphere so good at Rugby World Cups? And mm. Beaver said that for so long it was skill, but now it is that mental hurdle hanging over those teams from the north. And they've been so confident. It's actually nice to just be able to rub it in because they've been arrogant <laughs> for the last couple of weeks, having, you know, two of the best teams in the world. Well, now they're both gone. And, and I tell you what, it's, it's a shame for France because their fans at the Rugby World Cup have been absolutely brilliant. Yep. They've filled the stadiums no matter what team's playing, even for Namibia and, and Uruguay. The stands have been full. They've been in full voice singing their national anthems. Like It has been a beautiful Rugby World Cup, and I think the Cup is going to take a hit now. I'm not sure if you'll still get those French fans at the stadiums, and the viewership will definitely go down. So I feel sorry for the French. I have uh, not an ounce of sympathy for the <laughs> Irish, though. I'll tell you what, Kirsty raises a good point there, Socky, because um, they're filling the stadiums for that World Cup, but India and the cricket are not. Yeah. And they're supposed to be absolutely mad 
for the cricket over there. Hey, Beave, one for you. Uh, and Kirsty's as I assume you're agreeing with it, South Africa look likely, of course things could change, but look likely to take on the All Blacks in the big dance. Who would you expect under those circumstances, assuming everyone comes through fit, would start the match as favourite? Oh. <sighs> I don't know if you could split them, and I know that mm. sounds ridiculous. I think that would be like a eighty split over here wow. on the New Zealand TAV. I could, I could not split them. And because, I mean, we all went to this game on uh, Saturday here and everyone was, oh, that's the greatest game of rugby we've ever seen, the intensity of the occasion, blah, blah, blah. Well, literally 24 hours later, you thought there's no way it could be beaten, especially the two styles that you thought you might see from Africa and France. It beat it. It was just two unbelievable performances. So no one, everyone thought the All Blacks were on their way uh, mm. After that performance, and all of a sudden you saw what France and Africa dished up, and there's still there's still something to play out here. Okay, now just in your absence, a lot's happened as far as the rugby league's concerned. The coach, who's you know got New Zealand at number one at one point, uh, Michael Maguire, he's been given the role of the New South Wales rugby league coach. He's had these comments because it's created quite the stir back here locally and both in New Zealand and Australia. Michael Maguire has this to say. Fully focused about the Kiwis. Uh, that's what I'm going to be uh, continually talking about. It's, that's my goal right at the moment. And I'm 100% committed with the boys. We've done a lot of work to get to this point. Uh, and I don't plan on anything getting in the way of what we're focused on. Uh, do you think it is possible to do both jobs going forward though? I'm focused on the Kiwis. I'm going to keep saying it and I guess you know, people will keep asking. Uh, but my role right now is that um, yeah, I love my Kiwi job and I love working with these boys. If you were to make the decision between the Kiwis and New South Wales, you would pick the Kiwis? As I said, I'm very focused on the Kiwis. Great question, the last one. Terrific question. But Tony Kemp was very passionate, and, and he was of the absolute understanding that, you know, that we have to, or they, the New Zealand side have to go with a national, um, a local. What do you guys think? Are you as passionate? I, I know Kempe would be where Kempe's heart, and that would be speaking from. But I tell you what, if there's one guy who has come over here and engrossed himself uh, in the culture and in the spirit and every time we talk to him and every time you see anything of him he's just so invested into this Kiwi Rugby League team I don't personally I, I don't have an issue with it um, but I know Kempi's probably thinking that there's a lot of good Kiwis out there doing great work it's just time to get a national but oh, if it's if it's a case of would you keep Maguire oh, I, I would be pretty keen to he's, he's just so so invested in this country's mm. Rugby League if you had a choice... Who would be uh, those other Kiwi options to take over? Well, I was going to say, uh, Stacey Jones, would you would you consider him? Stacey. It'd, it'd have to be someone like mm. a Stacey or... I mean, Steve Kearney's had the job in the past. He probably wouldn't want it. But, yeah, I can't think of too many others other than Steve, uh, Stacey Jones. Um, David Kittle, well, he's coaching, uh, he's coaching the Argentina rugby team this weekend with Checker. So he's probably unavailable. Um, but um, you can't think of too many others. Is there any ones over there that we're missing? Oh, look, I, I know this sort of swims against what's happening, but what about Andrew Webster? <laughs> you know, look, he's already there. He's oh, The whole yes. country's <laughs> behind him. Um, I mean, if if you're okay to have an Australian and it's not matched because of the New South Wales side, if there's any kind of conflict there, surely surely I think he, he would nearly get over the line, wouldn't he? With, with a Stacey, perhaps? Yeah, well, they're to give it the, uh, to give it the Warriors, aren't they? So, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it would be a, would be a logical little one uh, for for the Kiwis to go down. 
Speaking about going down, we thought we'd leave you the most important topic. Socceroos defeat the All-Whites 2-0. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's the only thing you guys have won recently. The oh, only no. thing. I know. We won a few trips at home early. That's what we won. Anyway, guys, good on you. Great to chat. Uh, all the best. Like, honestly, um, we are getting behind you. We love to support the Kiwis. I keep saying it. A country of 5 million, 6 million people, what you guys do on the world stage in sport is quite remarkable. You could win the Cricket World Cup. You could win the Rugby World Cup all in a matter of weeks. It's quite amazing what you're achieving. Well done to this point and good luck to the All Blacks. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much, team. Have a great week.